This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. This weekend, uh, some of our seniors that recently graduated from high school have been on a special uh, retreat, something we were able to do for seniors. They're following all of the CDC guidelines, doing everything they're supposed to do, but they weren't able to have the traditional graduation. There was no prom. And so this is something that we've done for them. And some friends of mine are, are speaking by video at this event, and one of them is Pastor Perry Noble. And the video that Pastor Perry sent was uh, so incredible and, and spoke to me in such a way that I wanted you to hear it as well. And so this morning, our seniors are going to be watching this, but also you and I are going to be watching this. Uh, Pastor Perry is pastor of Second Chance Church in Anderson, South Carolina. He's one of the guys on our board here at C3, and I believe God's going to use this message in your life in a very special way. So let's go to Pastor Perry. I started thinking about what I wish someone would have told me when I was your age, sitting in, in your place. And um, reality is this, you're going to get all kinds of uh, stupid sayings. Uh, there used to be a little book that went around called, The Tassel is Worth the Hassle. And I remember when I first got that book thinking, is it? Um, people give you like really weird gifts. Um, I got a Dr. Seuss book, like, oh, the places you go. And that's, that's great. I would prefer some money so I could actually go some places. But um, you get weird gifts. Sometimes you get no gifts from people you thought you were going to get. Graduation time is just kind of weird because there's, there's that uncertainty. And then you guys are the first class to graduate in over 100 years that has done so in the middle of a global pandemic. So there's that. Maybe you did a virtual graduation or a um, a walkthrough or an outsider. I don't, I don't know what you did, but, um, you're, you're living in a time that the world is, has never seen anything like this. And so what would I want someone to say to me? And then what would I want someone to say, have said to me that actually translates to today? And as I sat down and prayed about it and wrote, wrote some stuff down, I came up with two words that I wish someone would have said to me that I think are relevant to you today as you get ready to step into your future, and it's this. Be available. Just when it comes to God and his divine assignment on your life. Listen, I don't believe we just have a calling. I believe we all, including you, have a divine assignment by God on your life. And he wants you to know what that assignment is way more than you want to know it. Don't worry about missing it. God is not trying to hide it. He wants to reveal it slowly but surely in his time, not our time. And so when it comes to all of those things, just be available. Because the fact that you're even on this earth is an absolute miracle. I shared some of these statistics one time when I was down um, at your church preaching, and I want to share them again. Just the just the amazing reality that you're alive. Um, here's some stats. Um, being struck by lightning, you've got a one in 700,000 chance of that happening. And it's probably greater in Florida. You guys have more intense thunderstorms, but that's, that's the reality. Um, getting attacked by a shark is one in 11.5 million, which the first movie I ever saw was Jaws, so I'm still freaked out by 
um, sharks and water, even fresh water, but that's another story for another time. We'll talk about dealing with fear. Um, winning the lottery is one in 175 million. Those are, those are your chances. Um, uh, so I'm not saying don't play pay the lottery, play the lottery, but if you do, make sure you tie to, to C3 Church. Um, but the odds of you being born, like actually conceived, are one in 400 trillion. In other words, it's a miracle that you and I are alive. And it's a, because it's such a miracle, we've got to assume that there's a reason for us being here. And the best way to discover the divine reason calling assignment on our life for being here is very simple. Once again, I'm going to say it all through. Be available. I want to talk to you um, and use as an example from scripture a story that if you've been in church world for any amount of time, you know this story. It's the story of David and Goliath, if or, or David and how he got to Goliath. Now, if we're taking a poll, David is probably one of the most five top, and he's in the top five of people ranked, if we rank them in popularity in the scripture. I mean, David is very well known. He wrote most of the Psalms. He, he did kill Goliath. He went on to be an incredible king of Israel, made some mistakes, just like we all make mistakes. But the thing that set David apart, the thing that made him really unique, wasn't necessarily the fact that he was gifted or called or anointed. It was that he was available. And because he was available, God was able to use him in ways that were immeasurably more than anything he could have asked or imagined. Let me, let me set the story up. Um, there was a guy in Israel. His name was Saul and he was the king. And he started out good, but Wound up doing some bad stuff. Ultimately, God rejected him. And God told Samuel, who was the prophet in Israel at the time, I want you to go to Jesse's house and anoint one of his sons as king. Didn't tell him which one. So so Saul goes to Jesse's house and Jesse lines up all his sons. And our, our Samuel goes to Jesse's house. And, and Samuel's like, well, maybe it's this one or maybe it's this one. And Samuel goes through all of Jesse's sons and says, you know, it's, it's none of these. Are these, are, is this all you got? Are these the only boys you have? And this is where we first get a glimpse of how available David is because the scriptures say in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11 and 12, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he, he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Somebody had a crush on David. I'm just saying. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. This is, this is what blows my mind. And I've never seen this until recently. As, as Jesse's gathering his sons together, Somebody had to take care of the goats and the sheep because that, that was that family's livelihood. And David was available to do what nobody else wanted to do. David was like, I'll take care of the goats. The older brothers 
went and positioned themselves. And many times we, we feel like that's what we got to do with social media. We got to position ourselves. We got to look good. We got to put on the right filter. We got to put on the happy face. If the picture doesn't look good, we pull it down. And, and I get pulled into that temptation just like we all do to position ourselves. But as the older brothers are positioning themselves and trying to become something, David is just available to take care of the goats. And because I think he was willing to do one of the, the one of the lowliest tasks, God said, that's the guy I want. I don't want the guys that are positioning themselves. I want the dude that's available and is willing to do what nobody else wants to do. And ultimately, after that, he gets anointed. Now, if I could have a prophet show up and anoint me, I'm trying to roll back with a prophet and go, if I'm anointed, like, what are my perks? Like, do I get a, do I get a car? Do I get, do, do I get to go to the palace or not a car, but like, do, do I get a couple camels or like whatever? But David, even though he was anointed, he was still available. He didn't, he didn't have an entitlement mentality. So as the story advances, Saul begins to get tormented by literally a demonic spirit. And the guys kind of get together and they say, you know, the best way, Saul, for you to fight this is for us to find somebody that plays a musical instrument that could kind of help you out. Because don't, don't miss this. It's just a side note. Worship will always destroy the work that the enemy is trying to do in and through us. Worship. There's something about just Getting in a moment of worship, whether it's in a church environment or by ourselves, worship will destroy the work of the enemy. And even in the Old Testament, they knew this. And so they were like, we need to find somebody that can, like a worship leader that can come in and start playing some songs for Saul to kind of help him out in this season. And this is where we see again in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 18 through 20, one of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Let me pause right there. He was not only available, but he was talented. The divine calling that God has on our life, it let me just let me just pause and say this. Just because we're called doesn't mean we don't have to work on the craft that we're called to. I know so many people that say, I can sing and <laughs> They can't sing. I, I know so many musicians that should be really great musicians, but they get to a certain level and then they back off. I think it's going to be real interesting to see what the NBA does as they, as we, as they come out of this quarantine. We're going to be able to see which players are talented and they just depended on their talent to get them to the, this level and which players truly were skilled and tried to work on their talent during this quarantine. For example, free throw shooting should exponentially increase because they've all had time to work on their free throws. But talent will only take us so far. We, we've got, we've got to be available, but yes, we got to also be available to work on the talent that God puts inside of us. For me, and I'm sure Pastor Byron has a, a method he goes through, but for me, before I preach a message on Sunday, I've worked on that message between 15 and 20 hours because even though I feel like there's a calling on my life to preach, I want to make sure I'm doing the best job possible. So, so just because there's a divine assignment 
It, it doesn't give us the right to ever feel entitled. It's so easy to fall into that. Okay, I was, wow, that was only a verse. Stay with me. Here we go. <laughs> um, talented heart player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine looking man. So you got a crush on David. And the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse saying, send me your son, David, the shepherd, not the king, but the shepherd. He, he was anointed as king, but he was still known as the shepherd. Sometimes the calling is given, but we won't, we won't be known by that calling till years and years and years down the road. What do I do during that time? Just be available. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul along with a young goat. I love that because that's where he started with the goats and a donkey loaded with bread and a wine skin full of wine. He, t- he took a part-time job being the worship leader for Saul. And so he's literally helping out Saul and going back and taking care of the sheep and goats, helping out Saul. And, and the whole time he's anointed king. He's got an anointing on his life. The prophet showed up, poured oil over him, but he's still available to do the next thing in front of him. He's not entitled sitting back going, you know what? I'm going to be king. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to sit here on my blessed assurance until I can become the king. Nope. He was available to do what was whatever was next. Well, in chapter 17, that's the famous story of David and Goliath. But I'm not going to talk about the parts that we know. I'm going to talk about the parts that just stand out when it comes to being available. So, David's brothers, his oldest brothers, are off to war. And Jesse, because they didn't have social media back in the day, Jesse, their father, wants to know how's it going with them. So he goes out to David, who's taking care of the sheep and the goats, and he says, I want you to go check on your brothers and take them some food. Now, David could have said, I'm sorry, Dad. I don't think you realize. I'm anointed. I don't really do the whole pizza delivery thing. But instead of having an entitlement attitude, this is how David responded in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 17 through 20. One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. In other words, we've got to get them some food and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. Love me some cheese, cheese and bread, pizza, pizza delivery. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report of how they're doing. David's brothers were with with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts of battle cry, the battle cry. And eventually, eventually, David winds up seeing Goliath for the first time. Now, don't miss this. Had David not been available just to take care of the goats, he would have never gotten anointed. Had he not been available to be the part-time worship leader for Saul, he would have have never stepped into his potential. If he would have told his dad, I'm sorry, that... Taking food to my brothers, that's a little bit below me. I'm their king. I'm your king, by the way, dad, just in case you didn't know that. He was available. And because he was available all along the way, when the army looked at Goliath, they saw 
an obstacle. When David looked at Goliath, he saw an opportunity, but he never would have seen that opportunity had he not been available. Um, he, so he started asking questions. He, he, he was just like, you know, what, what, what's going on here? I don't understand. What's asking? I, and, and word got around that he was asking questions about Goliath. And basically he was saying, I want to go fight this guy. And this is one of the things about being available and being used by God in any area of life that we go into that we've got to wrap our minds around. Watch what happens when David starts asking questions. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 28. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men and asking questions about Goliath, he, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Here's what we got to take away from this passage. If you want to be great, you got to learn to handle hate. If you want to be great, you got to learn to handle hate. Eliab, David's brother, was throwing, throwing shade over David. He was throwing hate his way. Maybe he was jealous that David was anointed. And a lot of times people throw hate at us because they're jealous. Now, let me kind of pause and say there's two groups of people. There's the group of people I listen to, and there's the group of people I don't listen to. And the group of people I listen to is way smaller than the group of people I don't listen to. And because of social media, and I'm not the anti-social media guy, I love it. I still haven't figured out TikTok yet, but I'm working. I'm 49, so just, just go easy on me, okay? Um, in fact, I think we need to get Pastor Byron on TikTok. That's the goal for this message, actually, is to get Pastor Byron to start a TikTok account because I believe Pastor Byron's got some moves. I might edit that out. I don't. Anyway, anyway so <laughs> I do. I believe he could dance. I believe he could dance. Anyway, um, a lot of people come at us on social media with hate and we allow those toxic comments to get lodged in our minds and in our hearts. But here's the deal. They don't know us. And insanity is allowing those who know us the least to define us the most. I, um, there's a popular author and speaker named Brene Brown. And she said this one time, and it just resonated with me. She said, everyone whose opinion counts, their name is written on a one inch by one inch piece of paper. And anytime somebody says something that's critical, I'll take out that one inch by one inch piece of paper and look at it. If their name's on the list... I listen. And if it's not on the list, I don't. We've got to have people that can speak into our lives. But on the flip side, we can't let everyone speak into our lives. Because Eliab is jealous of David. In fact, he's like, hey, you're, you're just a shepherd. He's even downplaying the work that God wanted to do in his life. If you want to be great, you got to learn how to handle hate. I, uh, I had lunch recently with a a girl that used to be in my discipleship group uh, a long time ago and actually worked with me for a while. And she stepped into a marketing job and it's a hundred percent commission. 
And I asked her, I said, how are you loving your job? She said, I love my job. I'm crushing it. I've been, I'm making, I've been there six months and I'm leading in sales. And I told her, I said, get ready to get hated. She said, what? I said, the person that's been there for five, six, seven, maybe even 10 years that they aren't hitting their sales numbers and you come in at six months and hit your sales numbers, they got two options. Option A is they can go, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. And um, I'm going to go try to do it. Or option B, they can try to burn down what you've built up. That's a much easier option for people. So at the end of the day, you got to understand that if you want to be great at anything, you've got to learn to handle the hate. Don't let the hate stop you from being great. David didn't. David just kept asking questions about God. And finally, they brought him in front of Saul. And this is, this is what happens. It's really interesting. Watch this. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Like, like, I, like he, he, stepped, he stepped up. I'm going to put him down. Now watch what, what, watch what happens. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. Now, here's the deal. Saul was telling David, you can't do this. But David didn't listen to Saul. And he, this, is, this is something that we all need to keep in mind. Never let someone tell you that you can't do something when they themselves have never done something. There's so many people that will tell you, you can't pursue your dreams. And the reason they're telling you that you can't pursue your dreams is because they didn't pursue theirs. And you pursuing yours will actually like intimidate them. Saul was a little intimidated by David. But watch what David says. Because evidently Saul's name was not on that one inch by one inch piece of paper. Watch what David, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. What? And rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, multiple. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Now stop for a second. If I'm a shepherd and a lion comes and gets like a sheep or a goat or whatever, or a bear comes, I'm like, man, sucks to be that sheep. I'm not going. But David said, I went after it. You know why? Because he was available and he was serious about his job. And he knew that that sheep or that goat, that, that, that was his livelihood. He couldn't let the enemy just come in and rob him. So he goes after it. And, and he said when the lion or the bear turned on him, he seized it and clubbed it to death. I mean, I'm nervous if I got a knife or a gun. He's got a club. I mean, David, David's fought some battles, but don't miss this. David's first battles were fought in a place where no one got to see him win. And at the end of the day, way too many leaders, don't miss this, way too many young leaders want to be discovered rather than developed. 
And I'm telling you, there's something about fighting those battles with the lions and the bears that no one else can see that God develops in us the character and the ability we need to face the Goliath that's going to step into our path. Be way more obsessed about being developed than discovered. And the best way to be developed is to continually pray, to continually pray God, you know what? I know you're able, so I'm available. Well, we know the story. David goes out and takes the rock and he, you know, hits Goliath in the forehead and knocks him down. But this is a part of the story we, we don't always talk about. I, I, I've told this story many times, and this is a part of the story I've never personally talked about. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 51 says, Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. David was a bad dude, but don't miss this. Available people always finish the job. Always finish the job. See, God's gonna, God's gonna finish what he started in us. We just need to be available to follow God completely through the process. God, if, if you're able and you are, I'm available. Now, let me tell you why this is so important to me. People have asked me, how did you get started in ministry? Because um, I've been able to see some incredible things, things I never, ever thought I would be able to see. And um, the answer is, I got I, I received Christ on May 27th, 1990. And uh, I never will forget it. It was a Sunday, and it was awesome. And I went up to my associate pastor at the time. I attended Brusher Creek Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. And I told him, I just got saved. What am I supposed to do? And uh, he said, you just got saved? And I said, yeah. And he goes, and you really don't know what to do? I said, no. Nah. He said, you need to volunteer for Vacation Bible School, and it starts tomorrow. Now, Vacation Bible School is, is something a lot of churches do for kids during the summer, and, and usually they have no volunteers. And so I, he's, I'm, Pastor Howard was a good guy. I'm sure he's just desperate for volunteers. I thought there was a verse or something that said I had to volunteer for Vacation Bible School, so I was in. And I showed up, and um, I, I got made the teaching assistant for the fifth and sixth grade boys. Um, and I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Now, the teacher in the room, her name was Tina Tron. It sounds like a con comic book character, doesn't it? Tina Tron, Tina Tron. Anyway, and she was hot, like, like super hot. She was also unattainable hot. She was not interested in your boy. So, <laughs> but you know, can't blame a guy for trying. So anyway, all week long, I'm helping these kids. We're doing craft sticks, popsicle stick crosses, and cotton ball Jesus and all sorts of things like that. And on Thursday, um, before Friday, Tina, we're, we're kind of cleaning up the class. And Tina, this, hey, hey, women will manipulate you. I, I'm just saying. And she looked at me. She was like, oh, I said, what's the matter? Tina's trying? And she said, I don't have a lesson prepared for tomorrow. And I said, oh, I said, that's, that's bad. I'll pray for you. And she said, I was kind of hoping you would do the lesson. And what I wanted to say was no, but what came out was okay. I, I don't know how that, women have that effect. Anyway, so I was like, okay. And I was so nervous. And so the next day I got up and the very first time I preached was in front of seven sixth grade, five, fifth, sixth grade boys. I was nervous. And the message, I don't even, the message had to be horrible. I, I didn't even know what I was talking about. I'd been a Christian less than a week. 
But I gave an invitation and four out of those seven boys received Christ. And I remember afterwards just telling God, I don't know what that was. But if there's any way, God, I want to do that for the rest of my life. And from that point forward, I've always just tried to make myself available. Because, listen, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. He's not looking for our ability. He's looking for our availability. Because if we, we will make ourselves available, God will give us the ability to do what we need to do. So, congratulations on graduation. Super excited about you. Super excited about you stepping into the future. Super thankful for Pastor Byron putting this together. I'll leave you with this thought. I'll, I'll just pray this prayer and we'll be done. Here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we know you are able. We right now say we are available. And if you agree with that prayer, say amen. Love you guys. Thank you, Pastor Byron, for putting this together. Hope you guys have a phenomenal rest of the summer. The best in your life really is yet to come. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.